Welcome to A Sad Girl Music Hour, a podcast about your favorite artists, albums, and songs that might remind you of a good, happy time in your life or a time that you'd rather forget. Songs that you sing to the top of your lungs when they come on or make you want to throw the whole radio out of the car. This podcast is hosted by me and a couple of my closest friends. And for the next hour, we're going to dive into the songs and albums that have helped us through a quarter life crisis, nasty breakups, or even down to sing the little tiny meanings that are in life. My name's Chelsea, and girl, I've got a playlist for you. Welcome back to a Sacro Music Hour. It is a new week and a new mood. Last week we did a movie night, kind of different, but this week we're going to do a whole 180 yet again. And we're going to go back to genres, but this week's mood, this week's genre is a genre that I always feel like I kind of have to defend in a way. When I tell people that I like this mood, it's a very niche, small, I don't want to say small, it's a genre that has influenced so many other genres, but it's a genre that's so underrated. And that, my friends, is bluegrass. And so this week, we are here to bring you the number one bluegrass song of all time. And by we, I mean, I'm here with my friend Jackson Moody. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? He said, hey, guy. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey, y'all. So I thought this would be the perfect genre to do with you. Take a shot for every time I say genre. But this would be the perfect style of music to do with you because not only am I in Music City in Nashville, but I literally just got done watching Jackson perform on Broadway. Yes, she did. I did, and he literally killed it. <laughs> and so well, I, I'm i a little scared because I'm going up an, against an actual musician well, this week. I, I would be scared. I'm, you, I'm a little terrified. Hey, I've listened to a lot of these. <laughs> I've, I've listened to a few of these podcasts already. I know you know your stuff. Wow. There's no scared that <laughs> needs to be happening. And also, like, what better do it? You're in Music City right now, and mm-hmm. Bluegrass was started here. This is where Bluegrass is from. It is. And so I know that you have you have an amazing sound, and you released some dope new music as of late. Thank you. So make sure you check that out. But how is, has Bluegrass influenced your style of music at all? Or is it something that, you know, you just kind of hold near and dear, but don't really influence the music? Or how does that work for you? Well, it, I mean, it definitely has influenced my music. I'd, I'd be lying if I said it doesn't. It didn't like my my music is not quite bluegrass. I do a lot more Americana stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you look out throughout my family history, um, a lot of bluegrass players. My grandma and granddad had separate bluegrass bands and ended up playing together as a bluegrass band. That's what my dad grew up playing. Uh, in North Carolina, my grandparents and my dad, all from North Carolina. Um, and obviously, I grew up listening to them play and listened to a lot of bluegrass through that. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not something that I necessarily do a lot of with my own personal writing, even though I have written four or five bluegrass songs and mm-hmm. typically specifically bluegrass. But I've also, it's still influenced my music even if I don't solely play bluegrass, I, I do it on occasion. And especially when I meet up with my family, especially my dad, my dad and I will, you know, get drunk off wine and swap bluegrass songs. <laughs> what a fun time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can kind of say the same thing. Bluegrass has always been something that's part of my family. As y'all know, I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. 
the Appalachian mm-hmm. Mountain region, and I think that's where bluegrass really originated. It, it, it is. And now, yeah, earlier I said, like, you're in Music City, this is where it's from. Obviously, it it's where it was started, actually, in the name. The bluegrass name comes from the Grand Ole Opry and Bill Monroe, obviously. But the the style itself, mm-hmm. I mean, people were playing throughout the 1800s and early 1900s all throughout the Appalachian Mountains and, you know, Kentucky and stuff like that. And they were all playing that style of music. So, yeah, yes, it did. Like you said, it, it's very much a mountain music. It really is a mountain music that got its name in Nashville, though. It's exa- weird. It is weird. And that's why I think it's so interesting because people are like, oh, my God bluegrass yeah. they're like oh of course okay dueling banjos i hear the banjos are playing <laughs> and you're like no it influences so much i mean it's influenced indie americana rock oh, absolutely. country but it's so old i mean we were talking earlier it's came all the way from scotland ireland england yep. and so it's been around for forever mm-hmm. and it touches more than you think oh absolutely those ballads like a lot of ballads have been from england and from you know britain and you know you just tack on that extra i mean if you really want like a full-scale influence of music like you have the ballads and the jigs and stuff from britain on fiddle and bringing their fiddle mandolin from italy you have Mm -hmm. guitar from spain and then you have the banjo that was primarily an african-american instrument it was a drum with gut strings which i did not know that until recently yeah it's one of those things that you just don't think about you don't think about that's an (laughs) african-american instrument it's Mm -hmm. not i mean that's the the guards of like the slave trades would or even guards of plantations would have slaves put strings on across their drums because they would play their drums their you know their culturally you know cultural drums and they'd have them put strings on them so it would be less scary they'd get freaked out by it that's literally exactly why there the banjo is a drum that's fretted and has strings because they were scared of the sounds of drums wow i actually play banjo and i did (laughs) not know that yeah that's so wild that's a little yeah little interesting history 101 this is why i'm afraid to go (laughs) against you um but that being said (laughs) jackson has 10 songs and i have 10 songs so we're going to duke it out we're going to be dueling banjos for real yeah (laughs) the number one bluegrass song for you so first up we have rocky top by the osborne brothers my pick Versus Mule Skinner Blues by Bill Monroe, which is Jackson. So I'll let you go first. Why did you pick this? Yeah, song? this is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough one because both. I mean, obviously Osborne Brothers, Bill Monroe, and funny enough, the Os Osborne Brothers they're still playing. Like I heard, <laughs> I heard them on the Grand Ole Opry right before quarantine. I want to say, and he sang. I mean, they sang Rocky Top, and he's like ninety something. And him. he can still get up there and wail. <laughs> the The reason I, I'm, you know, I should think, you know, Mule Skin and Blues, if you think about it, you look into the history of, you know, the genre itself, um, whether it be, you know, originate, you know, the old timey folk and, and, and uh, mountain music and country and what have you. It was written by Jimmy Rogers, which should be mentioned just as, a father of our American music. He should be one of the fathers of our American music, mm-hmm. whether it be country, 
folk blues, any of that. And um, he wrote it. And Bill Monroe is basically the father of bluegrass music. He's the reason why we call it bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Him and his bluegrass boys from Kentucky. Um, Mule Skinner Blues is one of those classic tunes that just um, Jimmy Rogers wrote, obviously, and it was originally called Blue Yodel Number no. Eight. <laughs> Which I mean, there's love potion number nine, right? Right, love potion number nine, (laughs) blue yodel number eight. What next? But it's funny funny because, like I said, like with that idea of American music, um, the reason it was called that was he learned it from all these African American guys in Mississippi, Mm -hmm. and he he learned how to play guitar and stuff, and he wrote Mule Skinner Blues, which was kind of derived off of that uh, blues feel. But then Bill Monroe took it, you know, you have the mandolin, you have the stand-up bass, you have the banjo and everything, and he turned it into a bluegrass song, which this was before it was even coined mm-hmm. as bluegrass, or pretty much right when it was coined as bluegrass, performed it at the Opry. And it's it's fun because it's one of those songs that even later on, Dolly Parton did her version of that song, too. Oh. Oh, Mule Skinner Blues by Dolly Parton is a treat. Anything Dolly touches yeah, is a treat. Yeah, exactly. But... <laughs> so she even, obviously, this song is is one of those that even Dolly had to cover it. That's because, interesting. And I forgot what year she did it. Um, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but, yeah, Mule Skinner Blues, Bill Monroe, that's... It's it's impactful. It's a really great. It song. seems like a classic, like one of those like you have to like if Dolly does it, then you know. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's the thing. Like you know, when you think about it, the song was written in 1930. Bill Monroe did it in the 50s, and then she redid it in like the early 70s. I want to say mm-hmm. so. It was one of those, and her version is amazing. Uh, it's one of the best vocal performances because it has that long you know she she really like keeps that one note and bill monroe did it too where he had to like keep that one note and Talent. good morning <laughs> captain yeah it's it's really it's it's just a great song very upbeat good dance tune so well, let me tell you about dance tunes yeah <laughs> Rocky Top uh, yep. by the Awesome Brothers. I, this is kind I of... don't know if you've ever been in Neyland Stadium <laughs> yeah. ever in your life. Yeah. But on literal Rocky Top, we play Rocky Top. And I can't stress enough <laughs> how hype you get. As soon as you hear the banjo, you are sent. You are gone. True. <laughs> right? And just a little background about this song. I didn't know this until recently, but it was actually written in this area. Oh, it was. So it's by, it was written by Felice Mbulo Bryant. Bryant. Yep. Uh, it was written at the Gatlinburg Inn back in 1967. And so what's wild about this song is it's a classic. I mean, anybody from East Tennessee, it's based, mm-hmm. it's not the official fight song of UT, but it is the fight song of UT. It <laughs> is the fight song of UT. And if, uh, fun fact, Bulo and Felice Bryant actually met in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, out of all places. That's where they met. She was working at a, as as a uh, hostess at a um, um, a hotel, and he was playing a whole bunch of stro- shows, a string of shows, and he was staying at the hotel she was working at. Mm-hmm. And she was pretty much the one who popped the question. She was like, hey, oh, we're going to get married. I love Felice already. <laughs> yeah, she, she put that hammer down, and then they moved to Nashville, and then right, pretty mm-hmm. much right after they got married, they moved to Nashville, and... They've written everything from Rocky Top, obviously, to 
a bunch of Everly Brothers songs. And yeah, like, I was. That's what they were saying, and I thought that was wild. I, they were actually supposed to be writing songs for someone else, mm-hmm. and they were at Rocky Top, and the Osborne Brothers recorded it. And yep. when the Osborne Brothers sent their records, it was a DJ called Ralph Emery. Yeah, Ralph Emery. Yep. And so it was here in Nashville, Nashville based, yep. and he played the side A. Of the Austin Brothers record, and it was fine. But then when he flipped it over to side B and Rocky Top played, he got a crap ton of calls Game to the changer. station. Yeah, and he was just like, this is it. Also, might I just say, though, without without Bill Monroe, you know, the, Os- the, the, the Osborne Brothers wouldn't have been playing that stuff, though, you know? I... Like- <laughs> <laughs> like you know, that's just the thing. Like, would 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 bluegrass be bluegrass without exactly? That's just yeah. the thing. But then again, like I said, I mean, Rocky Top, great song, great concept, and obviously, it's turned into such a phenomenon that like you still will hear it every Saturday afternoon. And I will never in tire. Knoxville. Yeah. But I think you're right, though. I hate to give it to you, but I... I <laughs> you don't have to. No, it makes There's me... There's plenty it, more songs it, it on It physically this pains me, but I, I think that Bill Monroe... I mean, he did... It was him and his brother to start with, which I thought yes, was... I did not... The Monroe brothers. Like, tragic yep. to be the other brother that didn't really get the fame. No kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, for to be Bill Monroe... Yeah. You know who he is, so I think that he moves on. It's, it's one of those things. I mean... I mean... And that's why it's tough, you know, with lists like these. But, like, you know, Bill Monroe is the father of bluegrass. Modern bluegrass. Yep. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think yours moves ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next, moving on, we have, for me, Old Home Place by Ricky Skaggs versus yours, Hold What You Got by Jimmy Martin. Martin. Yep. Okay, so Old Home Place... This has been recorded by several artists. Um, it's been recorded by J.D. Crow of the New South, mm-hmm. which is probably the more renowned version. Yes. Um, but Ricky Skaggs, I just think he has such a distinct voice, and he can play the mandolin like nobody's business. And so when I hear this song, this is the version that I think of. But for this for this song, my uncle, this is one of those songs that when I was growing up, he would always sing at Christmas. He would always sing when we had family gatherings. And I had never heard it before and like, you don't just have a songbook of bluegrass songs sitting around your house. And so it's one of those that I had heard over and over and over again. And I'm just like, where did this come from? And so it was just passed down from, you know, my uncle, from his dad, from his dad, from his dad. And so it's kind of meaningful and it kind of gives you, the song itself is like, it's basically saying, why did he leave? I don't want to say the country because that sounds kind of cliche. Yeah. But his home to go find a job in the city and to seek all this stuff. And he's like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And so it's kind of a sad, tragic song, but it's upbeat in yeah, a weird way. It, it's it's weird how, and you'll see it in bluegrass a lot, where certain like impactful, like even tragedies, can be portrayed in a way that's very upbeat and positive, even though it isn't. Yeah, and it's weird. When you're it's, listening, you don't. I I think if you're not listening close enough, you won't pick that up. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I I love that song. Old Old Home Place is just an awesome track i and like you said to your point i mean i have a mandolin sitting up here like ricky skaggs is one of my favorite mandolin players by uh, far and large yeah Uh, an amazing musician altogether like he's an insane guitar player too but right like the guys won 15 grammys yeah and so apparently when he was five years old they gave him the mandolin and they just taught him the gc and d chords 
And honestly, if you know anything about music, all you need is GCD to really get by. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you know GCD and the occasional A, if you're going to hit an <laughs> off chord, then, like, you're golden. Yeah. And so he started out with that, and it's crazy to think he started there and ended up being one of the greatest mandolin players of all oh, time. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it take, I think it takes talent and also sort of being born with that musical gift in a way, too. And so when I see him, I, I see that. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of that. And, and that, like you said, to your point, that song, I mean, obviously for you, too, it's been passed down through generations, and it's, it, it's, it's just a great song that kind of just has that story to tell about you know uh leaving a certain life for another you mm-hmm. know and and the longing that you have sometimes yeah you know for for what you thought grass was greener maybe isn't you know it's 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 a great song um with with mine so my pick obviously was whole what you got jay martin now it's kind of interesting because so jay martin is coined as the king quotation marks air quotes of bluegrass so we have the father and now we have the king yeah okay yeah okay (laughs) i had to i had to come out the gate strong because you know that's just what i do um but no so yeah jimmy martin so obviously like i said yeah like you said Mm -hmm. we had the father of bluegrass which bill monroe now jimmy martin was like a coined king of bluegrass if you look it up just yeah, you can quote me on that. He is coined as the king of bluegrass. Now, what's interesting about this particular song, Hold What You Got, it's one of those that I don't think he ever necessarily recorded himself as Jimmy Martin. This was actually pulled off of uh, an old Will of the Circle Be Unbroken record from back in the day. It's the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band that got mm-hmm. all these artists in. Uh, to record what was the Will the Circle album, which became like almost, I think it's a trilogy now. There's there's three Will the Circle Be Unbroken records, wow. and that's one of them that was on there. And he was Jamie Martin was such an interesting character because so he had a house out here in Mount Juliet. I mean he's he he passed away quite a quite a while ago, but I remember as a kid my dad would drive me around Mount Juliet. Because I was actually born here. And we'd always pass by his house going to our place, our house. And there was this big J and this big M on this gate, right? This big iron gate with a J and an M. And I'd always ask, oh, who's that? And my dad would be like, Jimmy Martin. And it's funny because getting older and growing up, I, I I would listen to some of the Will the Circle Be Unbroken records from the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, he'd be plastered all over it. And he was an interesting character. He he and Ricky even had a few spats. I'll even go. Oh, oh I got a, Okay, I got a story. <laughs> okay. I got a story for you about, and this is why this works out perfectly, is Jimmy Martin and Ricky Skaggs, and I didn't even realize it, that I had these two, I mean, I put mine going up against this song because on the Opry, live, on the Grand Ole Opry, Ricky, Ricky Skaggs and Jimmy Martin were playing a sh- the show together. Jimmy Martin played first. He was one of the invites on the Grand Ole Opry. And then Ricky was going to come up and play like, you know how the Opry does like two, three songs. You play two, three songs and it's the next person that comes up. Right. And Jimmy Martin played his three. And and he as he's walking off stage, and this, this is my dad that told me this story. And 
I have no idea if it's true, but it's a great story. Because Jimmy Martin was kind of one of those guys who was kind of just kind of, I mean, I don't want to say any foul language, but he was not the nicest person to certain people. Gotcha. You know? yeah. but, but every now and then, Ricky kind of had that flair in him, too, where he the, kind the of... The ego The ego bit. a little yeah. bit, but not even ego as much as, he. The, you know, they, they would just kind of like tell you what they thought. And 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 Jay Martin's walking off stage, and they must have had some words beforehand. And he go, he, he turns around and says, "Hey, Ricky, kiss this," and he moons him live on the Grand Ole Opry. No, nobody on, in the audience could see it because he was already leaving the stage, so he was behind the curtains already. Yeah. But Ricky's about to make his way to the center stage in the circle, <laughs> and he moons Ricky. Oh my God! Beautiful. <laughs> that's just great honestly i appreciate the pettiness talk, talk about a mic drop that is awesome. yeah i mean what would ricky say well that was a pant drop <laughs> if if i were to pick i i'd, I'd give yours just because whole what you got wasn't really one of the jimmy martin songs that you know he recorded like it was really specifically for this record mm -hmm. now it's great and you can hear in those records some of his uh, not pettiness or or you know being kind of you know a mean bold. person yeah but he had moments where i mean even the beginning of the first nitty-gritty record there, there's this song called the grand Ole opry song and he basically tells john McEwen, who's the banjo player the nitty-gritty dirt man he's like okay now pick that banjo solid john You've been picking one for 15 years, haven't you? Kind of just being oh, kind of really gosh. arrogant. And then they kick off the song and John McEwen must have hit like a wrong note, even though it sounded pretty okay. And they stop it and he's like, oh, Earl would never do that. Talking about Earl Scruggs. How and, and to be so, compared to Earl Scruggs. Right? And, and, in <laughs> oh, that, and especially in that way, come on, you're talking to a kid from California, like, yeah. come on, who's and playing banjo and playing bluegrass music in Obviously, a cool he's way. good enough to make it up, you know, onto the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band album. <laughs> right? And, so. But, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it, that song particularly, Hold What You Got, I love it. Check it out, listen to it. It's a great song. It's not Old Home Place, so. One for me. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. I will take it. <laughs> I will take everyone I can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd pick Old Home Base over Old It's a jam. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, <laughs> this one I'm so excited for. Yeah, this is going to be so, interesting. So these are two heavy hitters. We have Dooley by the Dillards versus The Cotton Eye Joe by the Moody Brothers. Uh -huh. So I'm going to, I'm going to take this one first because I, you have, you have such a better story. Not to spoil Good. it for anybody. I'm not going to say that. So, so, <laughs> Dooley. Um, this song for me, I just, just, just to set the scene for you, I'm like eight years old. I'm eating pancakes at my mom's house and Andy Griffith is on. And the darlings are playing, and it's the big mountain wedding, and Charlene's coming to trap Andy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And they're all just gathered around playing bluegrass, and I don't know why. I mean, the music episodes always stick out to me because I remember being like, I wanted to learn the song when the episode was over just because it was so catchy. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, as I got older, I'm I'm still 86 in a 23-year-old's body. Yeah. I, I love Andy Griffith. It's one of the best shows. It's so good. It just... 
wholesome yeah. all around. But the music. Good life lessons. Good life lessons, yeah. And you know what? Charlene had a point in trying to trap, trap Andy, is all I'm saying. So it's <laughs> <laughs> not, not the worst thing to watch. Hey, he's a stud. And he's a stud. And he can play guitar like nobody's exactly. business. Exactly. And so, of the musical episodes, looking back, the song that sticks out to me the most is Julie by the Dillards. And the Darling family in that episode is actually played by the Dillards themselves. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. They got an actual bluegrass band to come on the show and play the song. Um, and so this this song is on this list for none other than the fact that it just brings back those nostalgic memories. And also it's a good song. Um, and I, I think it's a pretty classic bluegrass song anyway. Definitely. Well, I mean... Like you said, the that I mean, Dooley is just it's it's such a cool song. Dooley sitting on the dollar, Dooley trying to make a dollar. Dooley, <laughs> give me that, give me a swallow, and I'll pay you back someday. I mean, it, it's great, and and like you said, I mean, you know, I mean, the Dillards, it's it's such they're such a cool band. They even had Dillards, they did some stuff with. If I'm not mistaking, they 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 had a couple recordings with a couple of the guys from the Birds, the the band the Birds oh, like yeah. turn 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 stuff yeah. because like, they were into you know American music as well and it's cool like jammy seventies like very kind of hippie psychedelic mm-hmm. stuff. You would never think that about the. It's cool. That's stuff. really cool. Um, and so, yeah, obviously, like they've, they're they're such a cool band, and featuring on the Andy Griffith show, what what better? Exactly, I mean, right? I mean, Sheriff Taylor is the man. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yours. So for my pick, obviously, Comrade Joe. It's so the Moody Brothers. It, those that's my dad and my uncles. Um, back in Psych. the yeah right <laughs> back in the, back in the eighties they had a couple Grammy nominations especially they had the one Grammy nomination one out of the two was for this song in particular mm-hmm. and actually was nominated for best country instrumental tune and you can check it out I mean it's it's on every musical platform and it was kind of that that stepping stone towards the big dance, you know, mm-hmm. rednecks version that came later. It yeah. was, I mean, obviously there wouldn't be that version if there wasn't uh, my dad and my uncle's version, uh, Cotton Eye Joe from back in the 80s. And it's one of those things where Cotton Eye Joe, it's, it's kind of that typical American roots bluegrass tune that it was written and done before the 1860s like it's been around forever it's not like they had they had written it or anything but the way they did it and and brought the song to life Mm -hmm. was what became the cotton-eyed joe that we know today Mm -hmm. was pretty much from my dad and my uncles that's and the, the the whole party dance version of it it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that original bluegrass country instrumental tune mm-hmm. that they put together in the 80s um, during that time. And it, it's one of those, like I said, again, it it shows where some of these songs came from, too, because it was 
like I said, written prior to the 1860s, they, there's no real record of when that song came or where specifically it came from, mm. although it most likely came from Britain. If we have to pinpoint a guess, it's probably an old British or, or Irish Which is so weird to think about tune. the Cotton Eye Joe being an old Irish tune. Yeah, you know what I mean? it's funny, and, and a lot of, you know, American songs, especially in this field, whether, whether it be bluegrass or even... Um, American roots music and stuff like like the name entails you gotta trace the roots and the roots come from somewhere else you know yeah. it's it, it's all influenced you know and and that's what's fun about this song is it's one that they went ahead and picked and they they were they would play it with my, my granddad my granddad plays fiddle on the track too mm -hmm. so it's the Moody Brothers and my grandfather <laughs> playing <Family> fiddle <laughs> on the track and and it's one of those songs that obviously became such a huge phenomenon in the 90s with the whole dance version of it yeah later and it, there wouldn't be that version without uh the moody brothers cotton eye joe which you know nowadays there's clubs that are named after it there's i was gonna say in knoxville there's literally yeah a club. there's a club called cotton yeah. eye joe and, and and even like hey what would you be dancing to at your wedding for real yeah and that's, <laughs> that's so wild to me that they took a song that has been around for so long and mm -hmm. made it what it is i think it takes a lot of talent to, to take an old song and kind of make it modern exactly and that's the thing is that that version actually even prior to the rednecks version that version actually <laughs> made it on this like line dancing record from like the late 80s early 90s there was this line dance record mm -hmm. for people because i guess there, there was a point in in time in the early 90s where line dancing became really, really, like, popular. Mm -hmm. And it became such a big deal. And that song in particular in that version became, like, this line dancing tune. And that's how the Rednecks kind of, like, you know, were like, oh, there's something <laughs> they there. Said, this is good. <laughs> there's something there. We can make some people party. We can make some people dance. Let's, <laughs> let's throw, like, a big... 808 beat over the top and let's let's make Just speed that shit up yeah exactly exactly that's funny put it on speed a little bit and let's do this you know so so yeah it's a it's a i mean it's a cool tune it's been around forever their version got an instrumental nomination they also when they performed live they actually performed it for the opening of the charlotte hornets arena in charlotte north uh -huh. carolina and they performed it, and my my dad actually went back and like found some actual like words and lyrics to it that he sang, which became the lyrics, the ever famous lyrics that we know today. <laughs> like where where'd you come from? Where did you go? No, 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 no. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. So it's like I mean, it's a personal touch, and also that's such a famous song. Yeah, I mean. For rednecks and non-rednecks alike, listen, I can get down to it any day of the week. Yep. So for that purpose, I think that song has to move forward. Let's I'm, move it I'm on. sorry, Dooley and Andy Griffith, my man, but... And don't get me wrong. The darlings are dear to my heart, but yeah. You're like, sorry. I don't want to be biased. <laughs> can't go against dad. <laughs> I can't go against my father. That's so funny. All right, so now we have Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show. Mm -hmm. um, that was my pick versus Wildwood Flower by the Carter family, and that was yours. So what what about Wildwood Flower? All right, so Wildwood Flower, uh, 
God, it's it like where do I begin? It, it's one of those songs that if if you look up like everything that's that it comes from, I mean, obviously a very old tune published in 1860, uh, the songwriter himself, Joseph Webster, British guy. But it was taken by the Carter family, which Mother Maybell, I mean, the name of the AP, you know, it's one of those. It's one of those groups that without them. Country music and and even bluegrass music would be not not existent. Not now, yeah. don't get me wrong. Everybody would still be playing you know, Appalachian style, mountain music, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, but the Carter family, there, there were two signed to that Bristol label back in the day, and it was Jimmy Rogers that wrote Mule Skinner Blues. It was the Carter family. That they would get credited for writing a lot of stuff, even though they were just really it's song catchers. They would listen around, you know, the hollers of Virginia mm-hmm. and and North Carolina and Kentucky and Tennessee and find all these old tunes that were around for years, for centuries, yeah, but that were never published or anything. Mm-hmm. And they'd find those tunes. And the fun thing about Wildwood Flower is you have Mother Maybell with that guitar lick, which would eventually turn into what they call the Carter Scratch, which is a very particular style of playing, which Mother Maybell was the founder of. And it's it's great to listen to other guitar players talk about her guitar playing because Mother Maybell is it, without Mother Maybell there would be no Vince Gill there would be no Jimmy Olander from from uh, Diamond Rio there yeah. would be no there would no be no great um, uh, country music guitar players without her and I even want to go as far as saying there would be no great rock players without her because the song the Dwayne Allman, I, I was telling you this earlier, Dwayne Allman taught his wife how to play Wildwood Flower on guitar when she wanted to learn how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dwayne Allman is arguably one of the greatest rock guitar players of our time with the Allman Brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, that that style of guitar playing was very, a very much a mountain style, that scratch, that is a very mountain style guitar playing that's, existent in bluegrass uh, it's been existent in bluegrass forever it's it's one of those very distinctive um very distinctive guitar playing styles mm-hmm. and wildwood flower is be- it it became one of those songs that if you want to learn how to play guitar that's what you the the don't 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 while you were talking i literally like exactly, had it playing in my head yes <laughs> that, that that's what you learn how that da 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 yes that's how you learn how to play guitar that you know five six four six that it's 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 very much uh an actual like tutorial to play it to learn how to play guitar you want to learn how to play guitar Learn how to play the Wildwood Flower, yes. and the rest will come. And my dad always called it, which this is not technical at all, but he's he always called it the finger picking style, mm-hmm. or you just yeah, I I don't know. It's just a certain there's just certain quality about it, and it's so simple yet so beautiful. And so that's why I when you picked this, I was like, mm, cannot believe I forgot about her. Yeah, <laughs> I mean so Mother Maybell, the queen, the queen, queen girl. I know. 
But up against Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show. So there was actually a an article I looked at that was like five bands that are modern that are bringing back a bluegrass. Yes. Bluegrass sound. Um, and Old Crow Medicine Show is one of them. However, a lot of people will argue with you they're not bluegrass. They're more Americana, like root, and folky. I, I, you know, they're just as bluegrass as, as they are Americana. That's what I'm really? saying. That's what I, that's why I put them on this list because they still have that acoustic sound to them. And I think Wagon Wheel is also one of those songs that have been recorded over and over and over again. Darius Rucker had a, gosh, you can't oh, walk into a country bar hit. without hearing Wagon Wheel and, I'm sorry, Darius, but like, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, Old Crow Medicine Show was—I mean, they were the ones. I mean, yeah, some of the lyrics were Dylan too. Yeah, which, which is which is fun because and and you know Dylan had that that knowledge of music to write something like that, mm-hmm. and they moved it along. Now the two that really helped write that and bring that to life was Catch the Core. The fiddle player and still lead guy for the old Crow Medicine Show, um, and Willie Watson, who was the guitar player for a while. They had very different ideas of what their music would be. Willie Willie now does his own stuff. Uh, he's he's here in town all the time for the Americana Fest. Mm-hmm. Fun fact about, I mean, this song yes, but also the guys catch and. Um, Willie Watson is they were both members of my dad's band Burrito Deluxe which is no longer we're changing our name but I'm I'm now the guitar player for him uh but Burrito Deluxe was this band that started in the 2000 early 2000s and they were actually playing with my dad and Tommy Spurlock who is uh Shania Twain's steel player and um and a whole bunch of Rick Lano, drummer for Poco, mm-hmm. which is the house we live in today. That's his house. Wow. Um, I, but it's it's all those guys. They, my dad and Tommy were the ones who reached out to these guys to be a member of Burrito Deluxe, which they were for a very brief period. That first Burrito record that of my dad's and now I'm a member of, uh, Willie Watson was one of the lead singers who also co-wrote Wagon Wheel. And then Wagon Wheel came out. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, their band took off. And they they came up to my dad one day here in Nashville. And they were like, hey, we're we're very sorry, but we've got way too much work to be, you know, focusing on this as well. We got to We got to go out. But it's a little fun side note about Old Crow. I know the I know those guys. And and they're really cool, cool people. And that's awesome. Obviously, they've had a hit on their hands, a big hit on their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a classic. And even the the lyrics of the song sound so old, but like mm-hmm. I said, it's such a modern song. Yeah. And so that's I thought it was interesting just to see kind of the old and the new clashing come together. It is. It. It, it's the the old style. the The style of it is it's very much a bluegrass song. It's a bluegrass tune. It's mm-hmm. bluegrass everything. It's it is a bluegrass song. Hey, yeah. I mean, as much as people would argue Americana, it's it's a bluegrass song, and and the words reflect it, and the music reflects it, and and yeah, it's definitely a bluegrass tune, and it's a it's a great one at that. So what do we think? Do you think Wild oh, Flower or Wagon Wheel? 
This is interesting. I This is an interesting. My thoughts are divided. <laughs> Mine are too. I mean, ugh, this is so tough because you have a song that's created so much within I, the last 20 years, mm -hmm. roughly. Yeah. Like Wagon Wheel. I mean, I forgot exactly when it came out, but it was, you know, mid-2000s. And then you have Wildwood Flower that, you know, they, they have their own very historical and valued meaning, you know? It, they're very Both different. Of them, yes. Mm -hmm. And they're very different. Yeah. And, but, but they each have a lot of value to, to the music scene, if that makes sense. That's tough. I think this that's the one. hard. Yeah. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because they both, as much as some people would be like, well, you want to listen to Wagon Wheel again? It's like it, it has a lot of value to music in general. Because mm -hmm. what kind of song, still to this day, you can't go anywhere without. Yeah, I mean, you you don't you don't hear anybody requesting Wildwood Flower every five, you know, every five seconds. Uh, I by, yeah. by being a musician in town, playing at bars, Wagon Wheel, every five minutes. <laughs> Wildwood Flower, I've never gotten it requested before. I want to request that next time I go to a bar. <laughs> oh, do it. Oh, that'll put that'll put some people on their butts. I'm gonna be like, you. hey, <laughs> the Carter family. Wildflower. Okay, hey. well, here's my thoughts. Hey. I, I think that the Carter family, my vote, unfortunately, <laughs> goes toward yours because I think that that's a foundation song. I mean, I think back even to the movie Walk the Line where they did the whole story of Johnny Cash, they included the Carter family, obviously, because June Carter. And yeah. so, I mean, they've had Mother Maybell and they went June Carter. I mean, yeah. it just goes on and on and on. And so I think that without that, I, you don't it's hard. Want to, I don't want yeah. to do it, but I think that Wildwood Flower. Okay, yeah, let's let's put it on there because yeah, tragic. <laughs> but is it though? Like you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're both really good. But... It, I mean that was the first real like, like nail biter. Yeah. yeah, either could have went went ahead. For it's one sure. of those heads or tails ones for sure. All right, we are now on the other side of the bracket. And yes. so for you, I have I'm Leaving by Rhonda Vincent. Yep. And for me, um, we have When You Say Nothing At All by Allison Krauss huh. of Union Station. I did, is it okay if I say I did this purposely in some ways? That's pin so those mean. Two, <laughs> pin those two powerhouses together. Yes, there are such two great female voices. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alison Krauss, I first discovered her on the Oh Brother Warthout album. Yeah. I'm a baby, but like I didn't yeah. <laughs> Obviously. know of her until I watched that. And so I'm, I'm a lot older. So, yeah. <laughs> but when I heard her voice, I was just like, it's an angel. So, uh, but Rhonda Vincent, though, she has a great voice, too. Ron, yeah, Rhonda. So, yeah, th th this is going to be one of those. You get two powerhouse female vocalists, yeah. you know, duking it out. Um the the thing what what i've always been in and you know allison is such a great fiddle player and she's one of the sweetest people i've ever met i i met i got the opportunity luckily to meet her backstage at the opry one night uh i was just hanging there with my granddad and she was there got a chance to talk to her she's one of the nicest most I love beautiful when they have good soul. music and they're also nice yes <laughs> she's a beautiful soul it makes their music that much better 
on top of having that angelic voice, she literally is an angel. Like she is. She is an so, actual angel uh, on yeah, earth. <laughs> literally. Um, what my my pick also is like. First of all, I'm leaving. Great tune. If y'all never heard it, go check it out. I'm leaving. It's just that kind of like badass, you know, woman. Ronda hey, Vincent has I'm that badassery, like you to know, her voice anyway. She does. She's very bold. She does. Yeah, very she's inspiring. A, whereas you know, Allison has more of that kind of like shy kind of. Yeah. Rhonda's up in your face. And and what I've being a mandolin player and growing up, like that was my first instrument was mandolin. Mm-hmm. And watching her play mandolin as a kid, I was like, good Lord. <laughs> How are your fingers moving that fast? Like, oh, I mean, and, and I'm just in, uh, enamored with mandolin players. Obviously, I have a lot on my lists on, on my picks. A lot of these people are mandolin players. You know, Bill Monroe, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Rhonda, I... Just such a great mandolin player, great singer. Um, and if, if you've never heard I'm Leaving, check it out. It's one of those kind of like empowering, yeah, you know you know what you did to me? That's cool. I'm leaving. Just like what is. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm over it. I'm leaving. Which is cool to find in bluegrass. It, it's kind of like one of those, yeah, it's one of those kick butt songs like, you know, hey, I'm leaving. You know, there nothing, nothing to say. I'm just gonna play my mandolin, sing my butt off, and, <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> and I'm in peace. Yeah, exactly. But that again, when you say nothing at all, when oh, you say God. nothing at all, that's just. I mean, it was also recorded by Keith Whitley. Yeah. Which is another great version. Yeah. Um, but Allison Cross's version just gives me like cold chills, goosebumps every time I hear it. Yeah, I already know which one of these two I'm picking. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. I mean, when you say nothing at all, it's just. It's like your ultimate love song. It it really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And in her, like, I'll I'll backtrack and say again, her vo- it's like the her voice, Alison Krauss's voice is so angelic. It's crystal, like you can you can hold up a, a crystal flute or like champagne and tap it <laughs> and hear that ring. And that's that's, that's her voice. <laughs> yeah, it's such a beautiful voice. She's a hell of a fiddle player. Mm-hmm. One she, of the best really fiddle is. players I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, if, if y'all ever have a chance, check out, and I'm, I'm sure it's on YouTube still, but like the whole, um, the whole concert of them at the Louisville, uh, theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just that is, with Jerry Douglas, you know, the Union Station, Jerry Douglas, mm-hmm. Dan Tominski, who's, I mean, Talk also, about, on the brother talk, up, yeah. talk about Manicons and Sorrow <laughs> right there. He sings it just about good, as good as anybody. And yeah, if it, do yourselves a favor, go check out the YouTube on YouTube, the live at um, the Louisville Theater. It's amazing. I mean, she she kicks butt. I yeah. I don't think she could ever hit a wrong note. If she did, I'd be like, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, the chord's wrong. <laughs> I, I've heard her plenty of songs. Or, I've heard her plenty of times sing plenty of songs, and there is not a wrong note that she's ever hit in my life. So that being said, Alison Krauss. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with that one. Me too. I was hoping. I love Rana. Don't get me wrong. Rana gets a huge shout out. I love her mandolin playing. But yeah, when you say nothing at all, come on. Yeah. I mean, whether whether it would be like a country debate right now and put Keith Whitley's when you say nothing at all in there, that would still win too. It's yeah. it's also the song sometimes too. Yeah. Which sure. I mean, because both are amazing, amazing artists, mm-hmm. but. That song too is gold. It's absolute gold. It really is. 
I think we made a good decision with Allison. <laughs> <laughs> I do say so myself. <laughs> okay, so next we have Fox on the Run by yes. Tom T. Hall for me. And for you, we have Knoxville Girl by the Levin? The, the Leuven Brothers. By Leuven. the Leuven Brothers. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Fox on the Run. You should probably go first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's keep it light to start. Yeah. Grab grab a drink. <laughs> Literally, I popped another beer open because this is a drinker right here. Yeah. The Fox in the Run is, is nice. Oh, yeah. It's cheery. It's basically... <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're setting this up. About, you know, this this man that it, he's after this girl and she's like a fox in the run. She has red hair. She's just always like right out of his grasp. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it, again, another classic bluegrass love song that also has that sort of ironic sadness to it. Yeah. In a weird way. But the harmonies in this song, I kid you not, they're just they're just so good. There's like four stacks of harmonies on top of each other. And you just you want when you're in your car, I try to do all four. Like I literally hold each note for like two counts and I'm like, ah, I'm a bluegrass singer. Like so good. <laughs> so, well? I don't know. There's been a lot of versions of this song. There's a rock version of the song, which is a completely different song by Sweet, which is not the same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so make sure you listen to the bluegrass. Not to be confused, yeah. Not to be confused. Totally different. The Fox and the Run, great song. It's another one that's been kind of passed down throughout my family. We, we sing it at the family yes. gatherings and stuff. Great. And I know you were talking about that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a great song. Um, And, and just Tom T. Hall in general. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, his song, he's one of my absolute favorite writers of all time. If, 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 if you don't know much about Tom T. Hall, do yourself a favor and look all his songs up. Um, I mean, he wrote "That's How I Got to Memphis." If you mm -hmm. love somebody enough, yeah, See. that's how I got to Memphis. And then, and then he also wrote in a more recent category. Uh -huh. He also wrote "Little Bitty" by Alan Jackson. Oh my God, I love it's that all right song. To be little bitty in the hometown oh. or little old city. Wow. Yeah, Tom T. Hall is. Ten I mean, points to Tom. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's one of those things that if uh, if you haven't seen it, check out that PBS documentary about the history of country music. Mm -hmm. Tom T. Hall's all over that. They interviewed the crap out of him because the stories he has mainly, but also his view on a lot of just just anything like his his worldview, his um, personal views on life. I mean, he is one of those guys that just kind of like take steps back and actually like scopes out everything he also has a couple great songs uh other than those obviously but sneaky snake great kid it's like a kid song it's, it's true he's written literally kid songs he's written a plethora of songs that could be very intense and like you know itty bitty that's a really cool like oh wow he really took like a way of yeah yes like mm -hmm. like you know the the way to think about like cer certain things and the way to put it and phrase it it's very intense and then he turns around and writes a song about sneaky steak it's literally about a snake <laughs> it's like he just got bored one day and he was like okay, right not and, all that <laughs> and then the the big shout out to tom t hall that i got like i mean fox on the run listen to that one but also there's this one thing there's this one song called watermelon wine interesting yeah it, it talks about old dogs and children and watermelon wine. And watermelon it's wine. It's talking about the truth. Like, 
old dogs. If there's certain things I can believe in, mm-hmm. it's old dogs and children and watermelon. Interesting. And what like that's that's just that's. Uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Good for him. I did not know all of that at all. Yeah, and little so, bitty. Yeah, little bitty. That blew my mind. I want to go listen to that song now. So <laughs> and it has a bluegrassy vibe to it. Like if you it if does. you listen to it, it like with a step back and go. What if I didn't have any drums in there or electric guitars and and, and I'd just put like banjo fiddle? Yeah, and even the message know. behind the song. Yes. Yes. It's very bluegrassy as well. Yep. Oh, <laughs> my turn. Now's the time you need to okay. crack open that drink and take a big old drink because yep. I needed one after I heard this song. <laughs> oh, yeah. If y'all haven't heard this song by the Lubin Brothers called Knoxville Girl. Let me tell you. Oh my god, morbid. <laughs> oh, y- y'all aren't going to get over it get uh, ready. anytime soon. <clears throat> so, I mean, my pick on this was really just to kind of like, the reason I even picked this song was really to give kind of like a view on how real, like, you know, how we, we always talk about like country and, and bluegrass music being those songs that really tell stories yeah well this is a doozy this is this is story central word Uh, if it's a doozy (laughs) oh yeah so this song basically the rough knowledge of the about this song it originated from old england 1680s like before obviously almost a century before this place of the united states was even country it wasn't mm-hmm. even a even thought, thought. Of. <laughs> you know like oh really you want to live there you know <laughs> it's it, so it was literally before it, it was an old english ballad um that was originally uh called the bloody miller um and, and then it became a 19th century so we're talking 1800s mm-hmm. became a 19th century irish ballad that was later transformed after all these settlers came over from the British Isles, they all settled in a lot of different areas, Virginia and North Carolina and Tennessee as certain places. And it became called the song Knoxville Girl. And point blank, very just bluntly, it's talking. And and this is written in the view of the actual killer, which is the, the, the mill murder but but it's written in his view of how he was not yet engaged and not yet married but he had this love who he wound up actually killing um it's a tragedy, love, it's, a tragedy. <laughs> it's a tragic story but there is a it's a it's a full-fledged story the, the every verse has it's a tale it's it's a it's a story about how it, it was somehow he just must have snapped somehow. And yeah. it's a really interesting viewpoint of the storyteller, which is the singer yeah. or the songwriter, or in this case, like I think it was Charlie Lubin that that ended up singing lead on this. Maybe it was Ira, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Um but it was also, Ira Lubin, hell of a mandolin player. I, I'm obsessed with mandolin players, <laughs> obviously, as you can tell. I love it. But but anyway, Knoxville Girl 
it's it's one of those old English ballads that was written in the 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 way they rewrote it, not the Leuven Brothers, but in the late eighteen hundreds for American music. Mm-hmm. The way they wrote it was to like translate to American, and and they picked a town, obviously Knoxville, which you live in and (laughs) and it was one of those that like was really just this tragic tale of a man who lost this his mind over this woman and ended up murdering her and throwing her body in the river yes flows through knoxville Mm -hmm. i mean silver lining is he gets hauled in he does get his gets locked up he does (laughs) and his friends can't go as bail and and so justice is served but it's just a gut wrenching. It's so blunt. It's a gut wrenching love story. I, 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 and the the last line is the the this Knoxville girl that I loved so well, and it's like, whoa, did you like? You literally just murdered her and threw her over my guy. How can you say? Yeah, how can you say you loved her after that? But sure. But it's it's one of those things. I mean, it, it never gets. It's interesting because it just. It starts with the murder itself and ends with him in jail talking about how much he loved her. Now, it's interesting. We don't have any backstory. Did she cheat on him? Did what what why what drove him that kind of changes to murdering the story. his loved one? Not that I would condone killing. <laughs> no. But if someone cheated on me, well, <laughs> Just make different characters. If someone cheated on someone else and then they threw them in the river, I would be like, "Well, <laughs> you kind of had it coming." I see. Like, I mean, I mean, but but then again, it's like obviously it doesn't explain murder. But then again, like, what drove him to commit such a tragic, heinous crime on upon somebody that he supposedly loved? It's like a murder mystery. It is a murder because there's no backstory. It it starts with him murdering her, then him going to his mother's, drenched in blood. Said mom. <laughs> and and she, I, how did I? There's no real pinpoint how the how the law even caught him and got him to go to jail, but it's it's all in the. I mean. The words, check it out, listen to it. It's, I mean, I, the yeah. song's beautiful, but the words, I mean, it's 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 it, gut wrenching. It makes you think for a second. You're like, ooh, I've been to the river in Knoxville. They speak of yes, <laughs> yes. You're like icky. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to swim in there? I don't, not anymore. <laughs> but what do you think, Knoxville girl versus Fox on the Run? God, I mean. Couldn't be more different. He it didn't couldn't, kill the girl in Fox on the Run. Right. It couldn't so. be more different of a of two going up against each other. It just I mean, don't get me wrong, love the Lubin Brothers. Their harmonies. The Lubin Brothers harmonies also. Just as a side note, probably listen to some Lubin Brothers. Some of the best, not necessarily the song, yeah, but some of the best harmon brother harmonies you'll ever find. And there's nothing like sibling harmony. Like that's just I've heard that before. It, 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 there's something about it. Like when I sing with my sister, yeah. or I sing with my father, like something about family, the the way the voices blend, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things that can't be touched. But then again, like I'm such I personally I, I'm gonna kind of stab my own self in the back. 
And Tom Tom, Tom T. Hall, I'd like to see him go on one more time for one more round just because the songwriter he is. Really? Okay. I I also have a thing for songwriters. And and this Knoxville girl, as interesting and cool as it is, or cool outlaw, with a very big, (laughs) very big quotation marks how cool that song is. Yeah. But, But... I mean, I'm also a songwriter, and there's a lot that goes into songwriting, and I, I'm enamored by songwriters, mm-hmm. and yeah, it Tom, takes a special Tom, skill. Oh God, yes, for sure. And so I'll go with Fox on. I'll Fox I'll give on you that run. one, Chelsea. <laughs> I feel that is. I I feel like I'm doing so good <laughs> more than I, <laughs> I thought I would. Okay, next we have Old Salty Dog Blues by Flat and Scruggs and the Foggy Mountain Boys. Yeah. For me, that was a mouthful. Um, <laughs> for you, though, we have Wayfaring Stranger by... Tony Rice. By Tony Rice. Tony Rice. For any guitar player that would be listening, go check out Tony Rice. There is no smoother guitar player than Tony Rice. Really? He, oh, God. Especially in the bluegrass field. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, I mean, he's everything I would ever hope to be as a guitar player. I, wow. I will, I'm I'm now 28, so I won't get there. <laughs> I'm not going to be Tony Rice, I, but I'm so in love with his guitar playing. And my dad also is a huge Tony Rice fan. And he's how I knew who. Tony Rice was. And throughout the 70s, 80s, Tony Rice has been just a staple in bluegrass music, mm-hmm. playing all the big bluegrass festivals forever. Um, had a great, you know, four or five records that he put out as a bluegrass artist. Um, in his band throughout like the 70s and 80s, you have Jerry Douglas, the the Dobro player who also played with the Union Station and Allison Krause. Mm-hmm. You have Mark O'Connor, the fiddle player, who's probably one of the most amazing fiddle players you'll ever listen to. Bela Fleck from the Flecktones, who's an amazing banjo player. And um, Sam Bush, who's a hell of a mandolin player. Um, that band is, is exceptionally good. But where Wayfaring Stranger, what's really cool about that track is it's it's a really great tune. The tune, it's dark. It's kind of dreary. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah, but it, but it doesn't really feel. I mean, the music kind of feels sad, mm-hmm. but it's not a sad song. It's kind of you know, I'm I'm a wayfaring stranger traveling through this wearisome land. It, it it feels dark and dreary, but he's making it through. You know, he's he's traveling. He's going around. He's 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 living, you know, yeah. and 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 the great thing about this song too is that you have Vassar Clements that played fiddle on it, and mm-hmm. Vassar Clements was also a big part of. Funny enough, oddly enough, the Flat and Scruggs band, he was their fiddle player, and Tony Rice had him play on this track, and God, I mean, just the tune itself. Mm-hmm. Is just such a beautiful tune. The way he sings it is amazing, and his guitar playing is just. So he's one of the most exceptional guitar players. He's he's, I would say Tony Rice is probably the best 
acoustic guitar player in bluegrass music history, period, bar none. Wow. Bar none. I'll have to, I've, I've, unfortunately, I don't think I've ever really came across his, his music, so I'm going to have to go yeah. listen to that. Do yourself, do yourself a favor. <laughs> do myself a favor. And, and, and revisit his, his guitar playing is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. That's awesome. Um, but that's up against Old Salty Dog Blues. And so, again, we're back at Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah, that's some Charlene song. It's a Charlene it? song. Okay, I never understood it because what's a salty dog, right? Yeah, won't you be my salty dog or, or I won't be, be your, your gal, gal at all. all. Honey, let me be your salty dog. Okay, so I did a little research. Okay. And I tried to find out what a salty dog was because I was thoroughly confused. <laughs> Is that just a salty woman? I, I think perhaps you know she's just salty. She's just she's just yeah she's spicy, but like I if I looked it up and one of the things I came up it's a cocktail mm-hmm. so that makes no sense. Uh, okay. Yeah, or it could mean a honorary U.S. sailor who spent most of their life on a boat. It still doesn't make any sense that Char- Charlene sings it, but maybe that's yeah. why I was confused as a small child. I was like, it maybe doesn't make sense that she sings it necessarily, but now coming from the fact that it's Flattened Scruggs' turn. Yeah. After my research, I have deemed that is what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> probably but the more sailing, probably, the nautical theme. Yeah, maybe not the cocktail. Um, that would be my preferred um, way to go, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I like this song. Um, Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs are staples in the bluegrass oh, God, industry. Yeah. Like Earl Scruggs, literally the way the banjo is played now is because of him, the three-fingered oh, yeah. role. Um, so I not only did they belong on this list, I think this song it's just a fun song. It you is. Know? It is. It's not I don't want to say it's not great because it is really good, but it's not anything to die for. Yes. yes. <laughs> but the artists are. And so yeah, I I have to give some to you, Tony Rice, because yeah. Next, we have I Will Wait by Mumford & Sons. That was my choice versus Will the Circle Be Unbroken by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. That was yours. Yeah. Okay, and so, you know, I'm just going to preface this with Bruce Wins. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of unfair. I, I had to put it somewhere. You, it was, yeah. Wait, wait, the problem is, wherever I would have put it, I'd put that probably, it, I mean... Yeah, it's 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 going to yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Okay, so backstory is a personal story. This song is like my nemesis, right? So I I do play banjo, but when I first started out, my my grandparents had this this band they play in on Sundays, and they go to different churches and they sing. They go to singings and stuff, and so they always sing this song, and I love this song. It's such a fun song. <laughs> my papa was like, "You can do the solo, right?" <laughs> so I was. No. <laughs> and, and so I'll never forget they just started it and they all stopped and then looked at me and just kept playing the rhythm and I was like, no. And so I like, I was like You're on the spot yeah, now. On the spot. And so I did it and it was the worst, like one string, like dun 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 dun, <laughs> like going up through there. Never forget tragic moment. But I, yes. I have since learned and so now it's one of my favorite banjo songs to play. And so the, the mortification really paid off. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, all, sometimes you got to get scared into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all in all, it's a great song. And I Will Wait is a good song, too. My friend oh, and sons, is. they have a, a, a bunch of bluegrass influence in their band. And it's and it's great to put that new influence mm-hmm. into it, too. Because yeah. we have a couple on that, that have made it through that, that are, like, newer bluegrass artists and newer bluegrass songs. But, I mean, I Will Wait... It, it's it's a great song and it's a testament to how 
the the bluegrass genre has you know evolved yeah. and 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 it's still obviously ingrained in even popular music you know yeah i mean this song made it onto like the top 40 hits and so yeah. when i remember hearing it i thought that's a banjo yeah Wait, <laughs> you know on yeah. the top 40 hits yeah. so I, I which is it's really cool which is saying something and and obviously i put nitty gritty dirt band as the will of circle mm-hmm. and and they orchestrated the the versions like we listen to the most yeah would be from those records like there's three will of circle the unbroken records and you know each each version uh, of the three that are recorded from the nitty or from the nitty gritty dirt band will the circle be unbroken records have Roy Acuff and Johnny Cash and Maybell Carter like and you, you know any version you want to pop up even all the way up to Dwight Yoakam like mm-hmm. on the newest version there's Dwight Yoakam singing one of the verses and so yeah it's it, w- the thing about will the circle and I'm I'm gonna like reiterate about the that pbs show from ken burns that documentary the history mm-hmm. of country music i mean go watch it. it it's it's the will the circle be unbroken it there's it's one of those songs but it's also one of those just lessons where it's like hey you know one day we'll all be together we'll all be reunited no matter who mm-hmm. we've lost no matter what we've done, we'll all be together. Yeah, it's such a happy song, it. even yeah. though it's about death. It's, it's about such death. A happy song. It's weird yeah. how that you can make something as you know mournful and as as sorrow filled as death mm-hmm. a very uplifting tune. You know. Yeah, for sure, and I think that's one of the only songs that I know of that can do it so flawlessly. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right, so we've heard all the backstories to these songs. So now they're going to go head to head. We've heard oh, all the ones go. that are on the list. So <laughs> I'm scared. We have Bill Monroe's Mule Skinner Blues versus Old Home Place, I Refuse Gags. Mm-hmm. My vote's <laughs> Old Home Place. I yeah, have to. <laughs> you had to. I have to. It, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll put it in there. I, I'll, I'll, ju- I'll just say... As just like one one thing is, Neil Skinner Blues, it's one of those songs that has been recreated and redone, and obviously, Old Home Place has too. Like you said, mm-hmm. J.D. Crow, like, it, but it, it's it's got it's got such a vocal performance yeah. behind it from every artist who's ever covered it. It's got that vocal prowess that you need to have, Dolly. Yeah, Bill Monroe, Jimmy Rogers, but yeah, I'll I'll go old home place on that one. Are you sure? I literally yeah. had to pin on the paper before I even no. got your thoughts. I was no. like, we're going to do this. Yeah, no, old <laughs> place is good enough because 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 okay. Mule Skinner. To, to be honest, Mule Skinner Blues probably most people have. I mean, it, it, odds are most people even tuning in and listening in, they've probably heard Mule Skinner Blues more so than old home place. I would agree with and you. And I, I I'd rather. Push people towards something different too, you know. So yeah, I'll go old home place. <laughs> I'll take it, even though I pretty much forced you to do that. <laughs> no, you're good. I said father of bluegrass. Who? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You just dropped the mic on him. All right, so this one I'm gonna let you pick this one because these are both your picks. We have Wildwood Flower by yeah. the Carter Family versus The Cotton Eye Joe by the Moody Brothers. Yep. Oh man, this is not cool. Um. <laughs> So yeah, so 
as much as it's going to pain me to say this, I mean, it's not really. It wasn't like I had anything to do with, you know, what my family did. <laughs> this was before I was even a thought process. This is way before I was Dad. even... It may or may not be in my blood. But. Yeah, this wasn't even before I was even thought to, you know, be right. around. You know, like, right. I mean, this this is before my dad met my mom anyway. So I can't feel too bad of picking Wildwood Flower. Cause, Wildwood Flower? Yeah, because, as you know, Kanaja's great. Go listen to it. Go listen to that Moody Brothers version of it. Yeah, it's really uh, good. It's, it's great. And, it's so and cool. that's what... And that's what started this whole dance craze that has become the Cotton-Eyed Joe we know and love. But, I mean, you don't play guitar unless you learn the Wildwood Flower. I feel you. Uh, you know. They're both bops. Yeah. And they're <laughs> bluegrass bops, but... <laughs> bluegrass bops. <laughs> all right. So now we have When You Say Nothing At All versus Fox in the Run. Oof. Yeah, tragic. So these are two of yours. Do you want me to just give you that one, or or do you want my input? No, I want your input, because I don't know. Okay. I, I think they're very different, and I... My vote is Fox in the Run. Okay, so I'm actually... I'm, I'm, I agree with you. It, it is Fox on the Run for me. The only reason I'm saying this also is that even in the Allison Krauss and the Union Station version of When You Say Nothing At All, it still is a very country song. I agree with you. It, I, I, not to say that country and bluegrass can't mix, because it does all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and not to say that, you know, country and bluegrass aren't stemmed from the same root, because it is, or they are. Um, but Fox on, on the Run is just a pure, pure bluegrass song. It's, yeah. it's a purebred bluegrass song. It yeah, really it has all the parts, the harmonies, mm -hmm. the instruments. Yeah, so I agree with you. All right, so the last one to get into our final four. So we have Wayfaring Stranger versus Will a Circle Being Broken. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> I mean, thing is, as much as, you know, I love Tony Rice and I love Wayfaring Stranger and I love that version. Uh, with Vassar Clements playing fiddle. If you listen to that first Will the Circle Be Unbroken record, mm -hmm. and you listen to that first Will the Circle Be Unbroken track from that record, Vassar Clements is playing fiddle on that too. <laughs> so if it was to, to go to, to that, I mean, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, as much as it is a gospel tune, yeah, it's still also very ingrained in bluegrass music. I know my dad and I, we close shows with, Will the circle be unbroken all the time? Like mm -hmm. that's, it's a closer. It's, it's one of those, it, it, it's, it's the song. I agree it's with the you. song. It's the song. So, will yeah. The circle be yeah, we okay. have, yeah, we have to go, will the circle on that one. Okay. So now we have Wildwood Flower versus Old Home Place. It's like picking oh. up my children and I. God, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's getting, it's getting. It's Real? Tough yeah, I'm like, oof. Okay, my thoughts are on this one. I have to go with Wildwood Flower. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Just, and partially, mainly, you get Old Home Place. The, the thing about that song, too, is you, you even listen to the, the lyrics and 
and everything. And it is such a bluegrass. It really is a bluegrass song. It is. It really is. And, and uh, it, 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 so is Wild and Flower, for that matter. But, but yeah, I mean, if you if you have to go into the very fine details of of it all, I mean, nobody would be playing bluegrass music if they didn't know certain licks. And yeah. that Wildwood Flower, that Carter Scratch, that Mabel Carter guitar playing, that's as bluegrass as it gets. I agree. Seriously, like. I mean, it just has a sound, and when you listen to the old recording, I mean, it really sounds like you're in a, like an old cabin somewhere listening to your record. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I I think it has to move on to the final two. Yep. Okay. All right. So we have Fox in the Room versus Will the Circuit Being Broken. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is tough too. It it's tough for for multiple reasons because I mean you know you got Fox on the Run that's I mean just such a greatly written song by by. A particular individual too that that like the writings there the song itself the, you know mm-hmm. it's it's bluegrass you know it really is and it, and it screams it and then on the flip side of the coin you have this old hymnal that really there there wouldn't be bl- much bluegrass around if it wasn't for a lot of these pickers that are bluegrass pickers there wouldn't be that around if it wasn't for them singing Will the Circle Be Unbroken or playing Will the Circle Be Unbroken in their churches or in their at their little dance halls or wherever they play, you know? Um man, that yeah, this is a tough one. It's this, a tough one. This one's harder than most. Like I they're they're very they're different, but they're very similar. Yeah. Like the styles are. And so my vote is Will the Circle Be Unbroken. Yeah. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'd have to go. I'd have to go with that one too. Just, <laughs> just because. I mean, they're both really good, but I just think, like you said, it's the song. It's the closer. It's 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 that song, you know. It, it and and just the way you know you feel afterwards, and, mm-hmm. and and in any, I mean, you'll hear that song every bluegrass fest that there is, like. You can take multiple breaks. You sing a verse, have five people take breaks. Sing another verse, have five people more take breaks. Literally, yeah. Just even when they're scream. they're not ready to, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been thrown it as a, as a banjo picker. You've probably been thrown into that. Jeez, you, you, so you've times. been there. <laughs> but yeah, so we have well, the circle being broken versus wild flowers. <laughs> I know, but before we get into that, to our final song, we have. Two of our honorable mentions each that didn't quite make the list are still great bluegrass hits and jams, but they just didn't quite make the list. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I had Using My Bible for Romance by yep. Reno and Smiley. Great song. So good. May, may I just take a little minute yeah, to talk about that song? For real quick? sure. So Using My Bible as Roadmap is my grandfather, Dwight Moody, uh, so my dad's dad. Mm-hmm. Him and my grandma would do that song. All the time. My grandparents did that together. It's, that's why I that's this amazing. List. <laughs> that's see, this happens. They, it's one of those things where. So my grandma played. She would play with my her brother. So my great uncles. They were a band together. Um, they were like a western, but also bluegrass because they're from North Carolina. So you know, they 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 did a lot of western music too, like old 
you know, Roy Rogers tunes and, you know, mm-hmm. you know Gene Autry tunes and stuff. And my Uncle Tommy, uh, fantastic guitar player, um, he w- was the lead singer. And obviously my grandma was, my grandma was actually a stand-up bass player. That's how I got my bass playing. Oh, I love that. My grandma. And, and she was the stand-up bass player in that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was my uncles, my great uncles, and my grandma. And and my granddad, he was a fiddle player, and that's how he met my grandma, because they asked him to join them and play with them. And he played with a lot of different acts around Virginia and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, I still have an old cassette tape that they recorded in the 90s, sometime in the 90s, of them singing, using my Bible as a rhythm. That's so wild. And, and oh my God. But but it's also just such a great song. It is. Everybody can sing, everybody can play, everybody can relate, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, such a great tune and, yeah. and great lyrics, you know. But I had that one and then my second one was uh, an Abbott Brothers yes. song, uh, Fisher Road to Hollywood. So this, and the Avids are interesting because you say Avid. Yeah. Is it Avid or Avid? I heard it both. It, it, I, I think it's Avid. Avid. Okay. I think it's the the Avid, Avid brothers. It, and it's it's funny because those guys are from North Carolina too. Oh, okay. Fun fact: my basically cousin-in-law, or so my cousin's uh, wife. I mean, she she used to like you know do a lot of you know. Um, sets for them for like their videos and stuff and they were huge moody brother fans wow which is really oh my god because it's that north carolina music blood mm-hmm. and they knew exactly who my dad and my uncles were and I it's cool like, like, well, the Avid <laughs> like oh they really, I, I mean that's interesting that they looked up to the Moody Brothers as like a point of reference that's for their awesome music too, which was always kind of interesting yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool that they even knew who <laughs> they know my those dad. guys Yeah, <laughs> those guys were. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really interesting. That's really cool. Those are my two. Okay, so I had a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I'll start with the more recent one, uh, more recent style of bluegrass. Uh, Nickel Creek, The Lighthouse's Tale. Um, if you've never heard Nickel Creek, Chris Thiele, the mandolin player. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> Obsessed by mandolin players, <laughs> this guy. But they're very much they, they, they kind of. I think personally, I think Nickel Creek kind of started that popularization of bluegrass because they were kind of like a pop bluegrass jam band. Gotcha. Uh, uh, and they they had a lot of great songs. They were like. They started like in the 90s and then they were really, really big early 2000s. And they still play a lot of great like bluegrass festivals and, and music festivals in general. Nickel mm-hmm. Creek, I mean, it's pop bluegrass. It really is. That's to, really cool. To a T. It's it's pop. Like even before the Mumford and Sons or even mm-hmm. the Avits and stuff like that, like they are pop bluegrass. Like the, that's awesome. Yeah, those are two genres you would never think that would really mesh together. No, not at all. And and actually, it's funny. We uh, I was playing with Jess Lee, the artist I play with, and we were driving to uh, North Carolina to play this show. And I remember I, I, I drive the bus a lot because I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. 
And so <laughs> I'm driving the bus and everybody is doing their thing in the back. And Steve, the guitar player, um, he was sitting next to me. And I'm like going through sh stuff to listen to. And he's like, hey, uh, yeah, what are you dialing up? I'm like, I think some Nickel Creek. He's like, man, I love Nickel Creek. <laughs> and, and we just jammed out like on 40 going through Asheville and stuff like um, we were just going through the you know oh through, through the mountains and stuff and we were listening jamming out to Nickel Creek the whole time and great band and Chris Thiel is probably one of the most amazing band players and very it's it's they were kind of the at the forefront of pop bluegrass really that's really cool yeah sort of yeah. like pioneers in doing that because like I said before who would I'm, have thought yeah <laughs> and I'm talking before the Mumford and Son phase mm -hmm. it, 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 Nickel Creek was the jam, and if yeah, go check out this. The Lighthouses, the the Lighthouses Tale, it's amazing. And then also in my honorable mentions, and I'm ah, uh, it was so hard not to put them in the bracket. Yeah. But the Stanley Brothers, mm. uh, you know, I mean, yeah. it, like I said earlier, you had Earl Scruggs and Ralph Stanley, those two banjo players. Like like I said, like Ralph Stanley heard. Earl Scruggs played with Bill Monroe at the Opry mm -hmm. and saw that, like, heard that role that mm -hmm. you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Decided to make like, it. I'll do you. He's like, one, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. <laughs> and he's just one of the most amazing banjo players. And his singing, it, I'm, I'm going to refer again to that, uh, that Ken Burns documentary about the history of country music. Mm -hmm. Vince Gill says this part. Her, he has this perfect um, uh, analogy about Ralph Stanley's voice, mm -hmm. about how you can just feel the coal, like the sediment of like coal that was in the, you know, that that mountain, Virginia, yeah. West Virginia coal mine. You can just feel that in his. It's voice. like a he's, haunting almost. Yeah, yeah, he's got that raspy kind of. Oh, and so the song is pretty Polly. From the Stanley Brothers in Oh Polly, pretty Polly. <laughs> and it's just oh it's just got that soul in it. It's, it's, it's just soul. you know it's him. As soon as you hear his voice, you're like, that's right. Yeah, and, and it's just so soulful, you know, it's got soul to it. it. Being a bluegrass song and having that much soul, it's it's really great, you know. So that's it's one of my honorable mentions too. So I agree with you. Yeah, Sadie couldn't be on the bracket. Sorry, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve Ralph. to be on the bracket, but it's okay. Okay, so back to our final two. We have right. Wildwood Flower by the Ugh. Carter Family versus Will the Circle Be Unbroken by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. So what I normally do is just count down from three and we're just going to blurt out which one we think should win. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I'm down with this process. Let's do it. Okay. Three, two, one. Will, Will the, the circle, circle be unbroken? unbroken. Thank okay. God. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Yeah. I, it's one of those that I don't want to seem so transparent. You know, I, I I mean, you almost figured that looking at the whole list of all 16 songs that we had throughout yeah. the whole time, and you kind of look at it and go, oh, this one. You know, I, get, and I, yeah. I don't want to be that blunt about things. You know, it's always nice to have surprises. Mm -hmm, like the underdog, but I just yeah. don't think we, Ugh. I don't think any underdog can, can beat it. You no. know what I mean? And so, I mean, we literally called it the closer, the song. <laughs> it's one of those songs you grow up 
here. And I mean, everybody. I, I, my dad and I have done a lot of work for uh, the U.S. embassies overseas, and in Africa. In Africa, we we've been. I've been to uh, Botswana and Zambia and uh, and uh, Gabon and a whole bunch of different places in Africa where you play that song. They know that song. Really? If you would have played Wildwood Flower, you they wouldn't That's have known true. Wildwood. But but my point my point being is that everybody knows Circle Broken. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's not it's not a contest of like who's more popular. That that's but not what I mean, I'm trying to make this yeah out to be. But but you can't. I mean, you cannot deny the fact that it's such an impactful song in not only bluegrass music, mm-hmm. which is the main focus, obviously, but in music in general. Yeah. Like you could put Will the Circle Be Unbroken in top songs ever, period. Mm-hmm. And it would go. It could it stand would, for itself. It would go almost all the way, if not all the way. Yeah. I mean, it's been covered by country artists, by gospel. I mean, my papa. Uh-huh. <laughs> you no, know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Wobbled Flower, great contender. But oh, I think great song. Circle Being Broken definitely wins this. Absolutely. The number one bluegrass song. Yeah. There you have yes. it. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for having me. And this make sure fun. you go check out Jackson's Instagram. It's at Jackson Moody Official. Thank you. He's yeah. dropped some great music, so make sure you go check that out. But until next week in the next mood, I'm Chelsea Trot, and that's The Playlist.